Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I'm solid till the crack never changed. Me and my son the rain, it gets wet when we hang. I'm solid, could touch the blue part of the flame, the blue part of the flame. And nothing else I Welcome to Sportfire, the sports comedy podcast where you are the star. Don't know why I said that, don't know what it means. I'm your host, Adam Weinerib, and reminder, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and singing Daughtry's Home in the general direction of all the bubble teams as they get knocked off this week. We've got a truly iconic show today, so let's take an extra quick trip through the headlines. The NBA pulled off an all-star game this weekend. It was the perfect representation of the modern NBA as Adam Silver completely ignored all limits on traveling. Remember when the entire world filleted Lou Williams for getting Magic City wings during the bubble and then like half a year later the NBA was like, all-star drink specials at Magic City! Five dollars off if you show us an airplane ticket that proves you flew in from a hot spot! Giannis Antetokounmpo won the MVP after shooting a perfect 16 for 16 from the floor. Said Steph Curry, if all you wanted was a bunch of dunks, I could have done that. But then he went back out to the court and he, like, couldn't. It was sad. LeBron James and Kevin Durant did not pick either of the Utah Jazz's two stars in their all-star draft. Even more disrespectful, they both picked Bismack Biombo. Dak Prescott got a four-year deal in Dallas worth up to $164 million, which sounds impressive until you realize that's the same salary Jerry Jones pays a waitress who reminds him of Loretta Lynn. Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie said this week that he wants his team to avoid a controversy and build around Jalen Hurts. Then he unhelpfully added, at running back. The NBA is probing Miami Heat player Myers Leonard's use of an anti-Jewish slur while gaming. Leonard apologized, saying he had no idea what the word meant, it just came free with the Twitch account. Creighton University gave coach Greg McDermott the go-ahead to return to the program after racist comments he made in a team meeting. McDermott pledged from now on he'd only be racist institutionally. The Baltimore Orioles will have Camden Yards open at 50% capacity from opening day. In unrelated news, a new COVID variant has emerged that smells like crab seasoning. Not to be outdone, the Texas Rangers will have over 40,000 people at their season opener. Masks are required, so staffers can burn them at the gates. And the Green Bay Packers did not place the franchise tag on superstar running back Aaron Jones. Even worse, they franchise tagged Bismack Biombo. That's it. Later in the show, a literal dream guest. Kansas City's own Heidi Gardner from Saturday Night Live. I know, I couldn't believe it either. But first, I sat down with the most influential man in sports. A nerd who's not trying to ruin sports. The great debate has cropped up again this week. Are statistics nerds trying to ruin your favorite sports? And folks, I don't know how clearly I can say this, but that's ridiculous. New age statistics are meant to make us understand the game better, and that's all. Don't take it from me, though. Welcome to the show, 
a nerd who's not trying to ruin sports. Greetings and salutations. It's wondrous to be here, indubitably. Wow, a true nerd in the wild. Affirmative. So I want to clear the air because this is getting ridiculous. There is no reason for sports fans to be angry at stat nerds, right? Of course not, Adam. We're simply trying to reinterpret the games we all love, utilizing new metrics for our enjoyment and appreciation, like VORP, WOBA, and... Okay, sorry, I I can't do this anymore. Can't do what? I can't keep pretending it's true. It's all true. You mean... Yes, I'm trying to ruin sports. What? Okay, why? why? Why even get involved? All my high school bullies were either running backs or centers on the basketball team. And so I've dedicated my life to rendering their contributions irrelevant, reducing their earnings potential. Revenge is a dish best served for. Wow, that is not what I expected to hear today. That's what Christian McCaffrey gets for dunking my head in a toilet and then dunking my hands in a different toilet. Now I'm on a mission to end his life, numerically. Well, I mean, it's not totally working. He's still got a monster contract. But the rest of his running back room will eternally be chronically underpaid. Thanks to me, I'm creating class warfare. Gotcha. Bottom line, I'm reclaiming my power. That'll teach the Plumley brothers to call me into a megaphone. Isn't Mason Plumley more of a power forward? Blast! Time to invent a new stat. It's called Grelp. Grabbed rebounds and efficiency in the lane by power. Six Grelp. That's good. Five grip, retire and die. Okay, e- even I don't think I'm ready for grilp. And it kind of sounded like you improvised what it stood for as you went along. I didn't. Sure. I-, I do feel like I need to say, though, that if you're trying to ruin sports for running backs and senders by making them feel irrelevant, you're also starting this weird fan debate about whether, like, dunks are fun or not, which I will say is the worst part about analytics for me. Yes, that's on purpose. I'm trying to trigger every sports fan over 45 years old. Let me guess, you were... Also bullied by a ton of middle-aged men in high school? Absolutely, yes. But it's also making my life worse. Yeah, everyone bullied me, okay? Got it. I mean, I'm sorry on behalf of everyone. Too late. Okay, so what does your ideal world look like? Every running back has to go to grad school to become an entry-level mathematician managed by me. Every room in every building has a toilet big enough for all their heads. Every sports arena becomes... I don't know, a a math building? Public park. Oh, that's actually a nice thing. Full of giant toilets. Oh, so I can dunk Yeah, it. yeah, no, I know. I, I get it. I, okay, so you ruined basketball. Yes. You ruined football. Working on it. You ruined baseball. No, baseball I didn't do. That was boring before I started. 
So when does this stop? When, when will you admit you did it? You ruined sports for a lot of people, and now it's over. It's done. When the Plumleys send me a written apology. I mean, we can probably make that happen. And then they time travel me back to unwet my toilet hair. Wait, your hair's still wet. Did this just happen? Yes! <laughs> a nerd who's trying to ruin sports, everybody. Negative grout! You have a negative grout! Damn, that nerd really got in my head. He really mathed me up. Well, forget about him, because it's time for the main event. I sat down with SNL star Heidi Gardner to talk her beloved Kansas City Chiefs, the NBA, and her surprising sports nickname from childhood. It was a total delight, and I'm so happy she joined me. Check it out. You can catch her live on NBC most Saturday nights or going live during the NBA Slam Dunk Contest. Welcome to the show, SNL's Heidi Gardner. Heidi, thanks for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. It's always a treat to talk sports. Yeah, I can't wait to dive into some of this stuff. I do want to start by, you know, since you're here, I want to praise what I think is one of your best performances ever and really speaks to the way this current SNL cast is so good at ensemble sketches. I want to shout you out for your work in, in Cast List with Will Ferrell, the deleted, uh, the great deleted sketch, one of the all-time uh, not airing sketches. But watching an ensemble sketch like that or like the guy from Soul, which you guys just did a couple weeks ago, you really <laughs> feel the energy. Can you just describe for me the energy of what it feels like to be in a great SNL ensemble sketch? Is it is it almost like sports, kind of? Yeah, I mean, you really do feel like you're part of a team and each person has has their role, has their position. You know, when I was writing that guy from Soul sketch, like, you know... I was writing Kyle as the lead of that sketch. And there was a moment where I was kind of like, oh, I maybe I should be writing that part for me. And then suddenly you're like, that's not my role. <laughs> like, you know, Kyle's the point guard in this, you know, like Kyle's gonna, gonna lead it. And, um, and that's really cool because just like they say in sports, like you get your ego out of the way and you're just like, yeah, this is a team sport. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, yeah, I definitely feel the same way, but I'm on the outside looking in. Um, I think about SNL like a sports team a lot, probably more than I should admit. And so I do feel like I, I equate like an SNL rookie having their first like big moment, like an NBA rookie almost you know, that's that like first 30 point game, that Emmanuel quickly game where everybody's like, whoa, what, what is that? Um, do you remember your first moment as a rookie at SNL where you really felt like that breakout I've arrived pop? Yeah, you know, it's weird. I, I know what it felt like on the inside, like at the table read. And maybe that's also what it was like on the show. But the first time at the table read that I did the character, every boxer's girlfriend from every movie about boxing ever. Um, Larry David was hosting that week. And I mean, that's like a comedy icon for me. Yeah. And I started reading it at the table read and I get so into my characters. Number one, it was my first season, so I was nervous. And then also I'm like fully inhabiting the character and you've got the script there, but I usually go off script. Not, I, I, I'm usually kind of memorized, not, mm -hmm. um, not off script, but um, I was just so in it. And I remember 
But I remember looking up and seeing Larry David and Lauren laughing and I was like, oh, I think that's a good sign. Um, and, uh, and for me, that's when it felt like that. And then I performed it that weekend. And, um, and I, I think that's what I would say. Awesome. Um, <laughs> well, perfect transition because you do, we're going to talk sports shortly, um, but you do have an awesome sports character already in your arsenal, Angel. You just mentioned her. Um, is that the only sports related character you've pitched at SNL? Has there been one you've wanted to do that you haven't gotten a chance to do? I'm trying to think. I do feel like, yes, I, I do think I've pitched some other ones. They haven't made it. Sometimes sports is a little bit of a hard sell. Like, especially if you're a fan and it's like, I can get pretty specific and, and you can get lost in the feeling that everyone else is going to get it. And then they have no idea. So, so sometimes it just falls to the fact that people might not be as into sports as you are. You are 100% preaching to the choir. Nothing. No one has ever said anything more relatable to me about doing sports comedy. Um, <laughs> but I know in terms of your fandoms, the ones that you're well-versed in, you always rep Kansas City and you love the NBA. Um, now, did you go to a lot of live sporting events as a kid? And do you have any great like KC Arrowhead Stadium stories from, from those games? Yeah, so I did go to a good amount of games. My mom was a travel agent growing up. She was a travel agent and she was um, a waitress uh, at a bar downtown Kansas City. And through both of those jobs, like, either through like commission or people she would meet, she would get tickets um, to Chiefs games. So I remember, I remember going to my first Monday night football game, which was against the Steelers. And just the energy of that was so incredible, just a Monday night game. But then, and also the tailgating at Arrowhead is just incredible. I mean, Kansas City is known for barbecue already. So it's like, then you've got all these pit masters cooking barbecue before a Chiefs game. It's so awesome. Um, but then the times, but we couldn't always go to Chiefs games if it wasn't free. So what was cool was after a Chiefs home game, a lot of times the Chiefs players would go to this restaurant, Houston's, on the plaza, which was near where I grew up. And my mom would take me down to the bar at Houston's where they'd hang out. And I was like a little girl, like seven, eight years old, but I would um, kind of just make my way around and like get uh, autographs on cocktail napkins and just sneak around the bar and meet Chiefs players. So cool. Um, <laughs> I, I remember literally, I think every athlete I ever saw as a kid, like coming out of a bar or hotel, like you never forget. No, it was, I mean, I even actually saw OJ Simpson coming out of Houston because he was in town commentating. This was before the white Bronco, but for yeah. some reason, I don't know, motherly intuition. My mom was like, no, no <laughs> autograph there. I was like, what? But okay, that's fine. Yeah, fine. You, you can't yeah. say no, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sage. Um, but yeah. You, you've had to experience this, this current Chiefs run uh, from afar, mostly. You've, you've been in New York, I, I think, this whole time during the last couple of Super Bowls, at least. Um, is your family still in the area? And what's it meant uh, to them following this team, along with you from afar? Oh, my God. My family is still in the area. And I can feel the electricity of Kansas City um, 
from thousands of miles away. It's incredible. I mean, the city is already a sports town. I mean, we were diehard Chiefs before we got like a franchise quarterback, which we'd never had. So it's <laughs> like, but it's such a difference when you have like an Elway, an Aikman, a Peyton, like, I just never knew the feeling. Like I always knew we were like a good team and could be really scrappy, but we just never had that like glue that held it all together. So it's so weird because we have like chiefs playoff PTSD from like years before. Um, and we all have to kind of remind ourselves we're not, but we're not that same team. We're, we're different now. <laughs> yeah. I've had like, I mean, I've had Yankees Red Sox PTSD for like 16 years and it's, it never goes away. So I don't like, it may not go away for you either, but you are good. You're, you're fine now. Yeah. But I kind of like that it doesn't go away because then you're not like this entitled rich kid who always had it from the start. You're like, I'm realistic. Like this Super Bowl, when it wasn't looking good for us, I was immediately like, hey, you got one last year, Heidi. Like, just be grateful for that. Uh, this looks like it's not going to happen. Move on. You know, <laughs> like. Yeah, I like that vibe so much better. It takes like a good 20 years, I think, before you're the Patriots and all that goes yeah. away. Um, but you you did have, I mean, you had great Chiefs teams as a kid. You had good Royals teams too. Um, and obviously you're a basketball person. Who were your first childhood sports heroes? And when did that NBA fandom really kick in? Well, um, I mean, childhood sports heroes, I was kind of all over the map sports-wise. Um, but I can tell you, like, as a kid, well, two of the Chiefs that really stand out for me were our linebackers. It was um, Derek Thomas and Neil Smith. And then when I... And then in Kansas City, we didn't have a basketball team, but my mom was from Chicago. So she was always a Bulls fan. And I was like a 90s era basketball kid. So Jordan, Pippen, I got really obsessed with Rodman. I played basketball when I was a kid and I was super aggressive. Like I would get rebounds and I would elbow. And so I got the nickname Lil Rodman. And so... <laughs> Um, that was a big one for me. And then also like, I loved the Olympics growing up. I loved mm -hmm. tennis. So like figure skating, you know, I, I was like Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan days, um, track and field, Jackie Joyner, Kersey. I mean, like just nineties sports were so good. <laughs> so good. Unassailably good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you definitely become like, I know you as an NBA head, like that's very clear based on your social presence. You went live for the dunk contest last night. Um, are you a big NBA swag person? And if so, what is the best piece of swag you own? And what is like the weirdest that's just going to make me go like, why, why, why would you own that? Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Best, best is always, um, I feel like I keep on like besting myself. I mean, two of my favorite things uh, because I coveted them my entire life are a Charlotte Hornets starter jacket and an Orlando Magic starter jacket. Because yes, when you're a kid, those were the coolest colors, especially the Hornets. Yes. And also I remember being in like sixth grade and Merle Johnson my classmate walking in in the Hornet starter jacket. And then you also knew like, 
that starter jacket just got called. Like he's got dibs on it. Like you can't get that mm-hmm. one. He mm-hmm. just called it. He got the best one. Um, so those are probably, yeah, those are my favorite. Um, and it's funny, the ones that I bought are like, also like, I think a kid's large. So they're too little, but I try to wear them because it just makes me feel good. Um, and then the weirdest, oh my gosh, I have, I mean, I have some like, my friends and I, well, one friend and I, we were like, so I'm, I mean this when I say it, like so into tennis. Um, <laughs> and so like, I think I've got some like autographed, like Jim Courier tennis cards and like Pete Sampras, Agassi, um, Michael Chang, just like tennis trading cards back home. Yeah. I think, I think that qualifies as, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, as a sports memorabilia lover, you don't hear about those often. So you, yeah. you got cred for those for sure. <laughs> um, so we, we are sort of coming up on NBA arenas, things like that reopening to some extent. Um, I don't know if you have plans to go to a game yet, but what do you think it's going to be like the next time you actually get to go to a live NBA game? Because honestly, I am a bit of a crier. I don't think I'm going to handle it well. That bit of is an understatement. Like, are you are you ready for that? I, well, yes, I have to say I'm ready because, I mean, it's the most exciting thing in the world uh, to be at, like, a live sports game. Um, I actually just recently went to a hockey game, and Mm. hockey's not, like, top-of-the-pop sports for me, but because I was so excited about being, watching live sports, I mean, I was all in on hockey. It was like, this is the most incredible, so... I can't even imagine when it's basketball. I mean, watching basketball live, number one, being a fan, it's the coolest things in the world. And seeing the players up close, I feel like I'm looking at real action figures, superheroes. It's the best. But then also, I've gone to games with friends who aren't into basketball, and I just love how great it is, like, socially. You can catch up with someone. You're watching a game. Like, people who aren't even into it are just like, this is fun. I'm like having fun with my friends and something like extraordinary is happening in front of my eyes. Like it's just such an event. I love it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I miss that experience so much. And the last sporting event I went to a year ago was the dog show. And like, that's a fun fact, but it, it doesn't hit the same. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to one, so that's good. Oh, I mean, <laughs> heavily recommended, but like, yeah, it's not the NBA. Um, <laughs> I know, I know you're a huge LeBron fan. Um, I am too. Most people probably should be. What about LeBron makes him your guy? Um, and how long do you really think? Like, how much more LeBron do we have? Seriously, um, I mean, I hope. I'm hoping at least that. Um, he stays until his son gets into the league. And I mean, my hope is they play a year together on the same team. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping like, you know, we've got maybe, I think it's like three more years that that could happen. Um, if he skips college, something like that. Um, and then, yeah. What about LeBron? So, I mean, I always just thought LeBron was amazing, but I think it was when, LeBron went back to Cleveland. It was just like this man 
on a mission. He was like, I'm getting the city a championship. Like he went off and he got one for him. And, you know, I, there's so much controversy over all of that. And I get it. And I, I get why that made him more of a polarizing figure for a little bit. But obviously we can see how many players, you know, Durant did that, Harden's on a mission to do that. And it seems like at a certain point, you're like, I got to start making some selfish moves to get a ring sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like I can't be, you know, loyal AF all the time. But he was like, Cleveland's important to me. I'm going back. And, and then he did it. And like those teams weren't necessarily equipped for a championship. I mean, especially that last year that they lost to the Warriors when he was in it on Cleveland, like they had no business getting there, like, especially that team. And he just like pushed it through. And I just, I, I don't know how anyone can't find that amazing or commendable that one man is putting a team on their back. And I know, I mean, it's a team. Everyone is like contributing for sure, but I'm blown away by that. Yeah, that, I mean, that's when he got me too. I think that's a totally fair time to sort of like flip on LeBron. I mean, I, yeah, I can't believe he got one. I'm so grateful he got one. Um, Speaking of great experiences you've had in person, you were at the dunk contest in All-Star Weekend last year, which is a dream of mine. I've never done it. Um, what was that experience like for you? Did you get to meet anyone particularly notable? Let's see. I, I met Dominique Wilkins. Wow. Um, you know, I think he just thought I was someone else because <laughs> we were just kind of like passing each other. And he just seemed a little too like familiar like we had met before. But in my mind, I'm like, Dominique Wilkins, we definitely haven't met before. Um, this is huge for me and chill for you. Um, so I met him. Oh, and as I was watching the dunk contest, Patrick Beverly walked by mm. and I just couldn't help but not be like, you're such an inspiration. You're so tenacious. Like, <laughs> um, So that was really cool. And then, yeah, just watching it, um, it was it was electric and it was magic. Like when Aaron Gordon threw down the best dunk of the night and I got on video, like Pippen was just like on his feet so fast. Like everybody is just like, can't believe what they just saw. They just saw something magic happen and it makes people get off their feet. It's so cool. Yeah. The great dunkers always know, like you can follow their reactions. Like they always know in something special. Yes. (laughs) Unbelievable. Um, do you now I you might not I don't know do you have any ideal athlete SNL hosts it's always fun for me when an athlete comes and hosts I don't know what it's like week of I don't know if you're just geeking out is there anybody you'd love to work with yeah for sure I mean I always think it's fun even before I worked on SNL I thought it was fun as a viewer to see an athlete because you fully don't know what you're going to get and I also think like people just are a little more accepting and and give an athlete a pass because it's like you're totally out of your element but again you're like trying and going so hard at this so I am I mean of course I would love for LeBron to host um although I don't know how I would like (laughs) fully deal with that myself I don't (laughs) know how professional I could be um I really want Patrick Mahomes to host yeah I would love for Travis Kelsey to host because I think he's got like just on the field. He's very funny and gregarious. 
and I think he would be a really, really fun host. So those are probably my top three. I kind of thought Kelsey was going to last year. I was surprised when he didn't at least like show up. That was a yeah, yeah. Um, God, okay. Keep your eyes open. Um, I guess would you would you like to play one game before you go? Yes, I would love to. Amazing. Okay, so <laughs> the world of NBA fashion, you're well versed in it. You got your starter jackets. It's a strange and beautiful place, especially before big games when the league stars typically show off their style for the camera in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. If you could dress your SNL castmates like NBA players entering the tunnel pregame, what would you make them wear? I will list a castmate and then you can give me an outfit. Does that sound good? Yeah, I love that. Amazing. Okay, so let's start off with Beck Bennett. He's like the glue guy on the show, plays everybody. How would you dress him if you had the chance? Well, speaking of Travis Kelsey, I would kind of dress him how Kelsey shows up to games, like maybe in like kind of a coogee type sweater, like biggie type sweater. Um, And yeah, and that, and maybe some little um, round sunglasses, like kind of 90s era is how I would dress back. I can feel, I can feel that. Yes. Um, what about Keenan, Keenan Thompson? Uh, how would you, how would you go about dressing the man who, who can do it all? Okay. I would also, um, use the chiefs player as an example, uh, the way Frank Clark, I think showed up to the Super Bowl. <laughs> he was like in a fur and he also had a plate of food with foil over it. I'm in my mind, it was barbecue, uh, but I just thought it was so badass that he had the, the plate with the foil. So fur, plate with foil, Keenan. Extremely memorable. Um, what about Ego Wodum? Ego, oh my gosh. Well, Ego like wants to I get in. I've my results. Oh. I show them if you ask again your iPhone. Stop, Siri. It's, she heard Ego and I think wanted to talk. Um, yeah, I'll take a second answer from Siri. <laughs> Uh, so Ego wants to get into sports. Um, so I'm trying to think. Um, what would be good for her? I don't know. There's also this part of me that just wants Ego to show up in like what Beyonce was wearing the last time she did the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show, which I think was like thigh high boots, like kind of like a, a, a big gold belt. Like she just looked powerful. <laughs> Done. Um, what about Kyle Mooney? What would, what would you possibly do with him? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, Kyle is so like throwback and nostalgic that I would either put him in like, you know what? I think I'd put him in my Hornet starter jacket. I think he'd look awesome. And maybe a matching Hornet's hat too. Yeah, that rides, (laughs) that tracks. And finally, the fantastic Bowen Yang. Ooh, Bowen. Okay, so he's someone who's just getting into sports as well. Interesting. He likes going to Knicks games. Um, what am I gonna put him in? I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put Bowen in like a a John Stark jersey, like same '90s, like, um, and maybe and um, yeah. No, I'm going just a John Stark jersey. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Heidi Gardner, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I really appreciate it. Before you go, do you have a prediction for this year's NBA Finals? Oh my gosh, I am so clueless about this year's NBA Finals. I mean, the fact that the Nets just got another piece uh, with Blake, I'm a little bit like scared uh, that (laughs) they're 
that they're going to make a run for it. Um, you know, the, the Lakers, I'm just a little worried about AD. Um, gosh, who, yeah, I can't, I don't know the Clippers, but I don't really want that. <laughs> um, I think, mm, I don't know how the Nets don't do it. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like, if they don't, that's their fault. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. That's on them. Uh, yeah. Heidi, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. That's pretty cool, wasn't it? Heidi Gardner. You can catch her on TV and in movies. She's a famous person. I don't need to tell you where to find her, but you fired Arrowhead Stadium tailgating probably. And now, my final flame. Congratulations to Dak. Prescott on his four-year contract extension in Dallas. That's a lot of money. Perhaps you can buy a Super Bowl ring, hold for applause? Because where I come from, we usually wait till the winning's done before the paying can take place. That exact sentence is painted on the walls of my high school. I've only gotten a $164 million contract a couple of times, and both times, the money was sent to me in exchange for goods and services I'd already provided. One time, it was for choreographing Pippin. On the other hand, Dak Faneuil, that's what I assume Dak is short for, hasn't won a championship in this league. Heck, he hasn't won a playoff game. Heck, he hasn't won a game. Sorry, read that wrong. He has, but the first two points stand. What happened to the NFL? In the league I grew up loving, players weren't consumed with a desire to chase the almighty dollar. They were forced to play in Cincinnati for a decade and a half for several dollars a year, and they tolerated it. And when it was all over, you bought a spaghetti chili store and a Mazda dealership, and that was that. If that's not good enough for today's brand of superstars, then perhaps we've gone a bridge too far. And that bridge? was paid for by taxpayer money, even though Dak Faneuil could certainly have afforded to fund its construction himself. My thanks to Max Gonick and THE legend Heidi Gardner. See you next Thursday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.